It's Crypto Millie. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Yes, everything all in one place. And I'll allow SSJ to break it down and explain what I'm talking about. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. Welcome to Legacy Kings Podcast, brought to you by Orlando Mills and SSJ. Today's episode is going to be powerful, y'all. We're bringing out all the superpowers, and we're discussing mental health today. Remember, your health is your wealth. So with all the money you have without your health, you are powerless. Now, I will introduce you to Christina Jimenez. 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 Yes. Thank you for having me. I, I'm very excited to be on the podcast to talk about mental health. It's such a big and important issue. Yes, it is. Um, you know, it's really important because a lot of people neglect their mental health. So we wanted to bring awareness to it on the episode. And, uh, you know, who, who better to bring on than somebody who is actually, uh, you know, in the mental health field. So could you give the people a little bit of your background? course. So I am currently a graduate student in a master's program pursuing my degree to become a licensed mental health uh, counselor. I'll be graduating in about uh, six months in May. So I am going to be joining the ranks of counselors and therapists out in the world. Um, I'm currently seeing clients. I have been seeing clients for about a year now. So I'm extremely familiar with what it's like to be in a therapy setting in a counseling room with another human being that's going through it specifically with uh, minority individuals that come in because I see minority people. Okay. How did you get into that? Like, is that something that, you know what I mean? Like you were interested in as like a child or is that just developed over time? Like what led you to wanting to be a, you know, into the psychology field? Great question. So I've actually, um, I have an undergrad degree in anthropology, which is literally nothing to do with psychology. Um, as a kid, I had dreams of being an anthropologist. But, you know, life is a funny, funny thing. It's a journey um, that has twists and turns. And on one of those twists and turns, I realized, like, I really want to give back to the Latino community. As a Latina, I really want to have um, people look at... The mental health field and see themselves reflected back and for other minorities to feel supported and knowing that there are people of color out there in helping professions willing to help them through without having to worry about the added layer of implicit biases that come with some um white counselors or white therapists and, Go ahead. and you hit it right there on the head because like you said, you you want us to be able to come in, especially if you of color, black, Puerto Rican, Mexican, or 
whatever um race that you are and then we could be able to come in and then see someone like us that could basically like break down that barrier just a tad little bit right there because just knowing just coming from the inner city and things of that nature it's like things like this is not speak spoke upon like highly in the inner city and just like mental health and just having uh mental clarity and things of that nature and especially coming from like the inner city and like just how bad and the over policing of the inner city is and just knowing that like one day or just one moment in time that you're going to take that chance to try to take that gamble to try to get up out of there so it's just like just to the point where just going over this topic is like very important and then just like you said just basically um as long as i see another person that may look like us because because all my life going through elementary middle school high school and things of that nature it was always like a white counselor and things of that nature so like we i didn't see that as often yeah unfortunately um there isn't enough representation with minority uh people being counselors or being therapists it's a growing field like i'll tell you from my experience in the purdue fort wayne program i'm the only latina uh, and then the only uh hispanic person period in uh, the the year that i'm in because we have three different years um, okay. i'm a third year student so i'm the only latina the only person that's of hispanic origin at all and there are five African-American women, no African-American men that are pursuing um, the same career path. So it's crazy. It's really wild and crazy to see that we don't have enough representation to help our own people. And we need it so much because I've seen the impact myself of like how beautiful of a connection we can create and how much more helpful we can be if we have somebody that looks like us that has shared experiences like us it's just a powerful thing to have things in common with each other and it takes away from having to explain yourself too much you know mm, absolutely because sometimes when we do go into a room or i'm not gonna speak for nobody else i'm just gonna speak for me and when i do go into the room and when when, I, when sometimes when i don't see people of color in there I automatically think to myself, like, why? Because I'm always asking questions, like, why? And then, like, just to pity back to what you said, like, wish you've been the only Latino um, woman or just person um, in there to be able to teach uh, mental health. Like, wh why Why do you think it's just so less people going into that um, line or field of work? You know, immigrant parents, from what I know as a child of an immigrant, um, they push for STEM careers, science, technology, engineering, and math careers. They want you to hit, they want you to be a doctor, they want you to be an engineer, they want you to make the big bucks because they don't want you to struggle like they had to struggle. So they really push STEM careers really hard. And uh, social worker careers or human services careers are seen as less than. They're seen as, well, you know, that's very nice that you want to help people, but you can help people by engineering stuff <laughs> or you can help people by curing them from cancer. So they push all of these different careers, hoping that you won't have to continue repeating the same patterns that they've had to uh, live with generational poverty and trauma and things like that. But okay. there is a shift 
Uh, I'm seeing more people getting into the helping professions. We just need more. We need more representation. Why do you think it's just such a negative uh, stigma attached to um, mental health in the minority community, whether, you know, whether that's black, Mexican, or, you know, just any type of minority? Because, you know, growing up, you know, you were always told, oh, you don't, you know, go talk to those people and tell them people your business, things of that nature. So why do you think it's just such a negative stigma attached to it? You know, I think a lot of our parents, whether they be black, Asian, Hispanic, whatever, I think a lot of our parents don't know and don't have the tools to deal with their own stuff. They don't understand how to process their own emotions, how to process some of the stuff that they had to grow up dealing with. Like, um, speaking for myself, of course, I know that I didn't have the easiest childhood and I grew up with a, a lot of things that other people wouldn't see as normal, but I see as normal. Like, oh, somebody got shot? Whatever. That's It happens. Somebody else would, that's not used to something like that would be like, holy crap, what the hell, you know? That's scary. That's traumatizing. But to me, it's like, ah, it's a Tuesday. Whatever. <laughs> Next. <laughs> oh, dang. That sucks. But um, I think that it's really hard because we're so desensitized as a community. Um, and, and, it, and we've been beat for, like, for generations and years and things in that nature and it's just like just reverting back to the 60s and the Jim Crow um days and everything like that and it's just a, ha, like when he said um the Jim uh the um the Willie Lynch letter that's what it was sorry y'all it was the Willie Lynch letter and when he said allow them to have uh their crops and just going deeper into detail um with the letter and everything like that and it's just like he and he knew how to be able to break a slave and then just basically burst into 2021 and when people don't even think that they're still slaves we may not be slaves like physically slaves being beaten or anything like that but we're mentally slave in financial literacy um mental health and just basically just better our uh, circumstances all the way around and we got to be able to come together and have unity y'all and to be able to embrace each other to have self-love to be prayed up and to be able to go to people that's out here that's actually want to be beneficial because just to pity back to what you said again and just being fruitful because the more that you're fruitful towards other people less that you have to worry about yourself so the line in the field of work that you're going into and you're helping people out and you're actually helping me out as well too so it's like a win-win situation when i'm actually asking questions and the listeners and the audience is listening as well too and i know they have certain questions as well too and i may answer or ask a question that they may want to hear and then you may answer and give it to them so yeah i'll let you go ssj Okay, so uh, my next question would be, why do you think, you know, it's harder for uh, minorities, like I said, to go seek the different counseling? Because it's like, really, in my opinion, I could be wrong, but I really feel like we're like the first generation of uh, people, you know, as far as minorities to really seek out help for mental health. Because I feel like, you know, like I said, the previous generations, they didn't really, uh, I guess, see it as helpful. They kind of seen it as like a negative thing attached to it. 
there's a lot of mistrust, I think, in our minority communities when it comes to uh, getting help from people because for a very, very, very long time, the help, the helpers, the social workers, the therapists, the counselors, they were all white. And I think that that, that mistrust is not misguided. I mean, obviously, there's such a deep history of mistreatment and systemic racism and you know the last place you want to receive that from is from the person that's supposed to be helping you with your mental health so i think that for a very long time in minority communities people have said things like pray it off or pray about it or give it to god things like that hoping that that's enough to address the issue but that stigma still sticks because it's like it's almost an embarrassment to have to ask for help or it says that you're weak or weak-minded to have to reach out and say hey i can't handle this by myself i need assistance um i think a lot of people are like well you should have been able to handle it by yourself or you should have kept that in the family why are you bringing people into the family's business things like Mm -hmm. that but they don't understand that Sometimes our families aren't don't know what to say and don't know how to help. And God isn't going to do it all by himself either. <laughs> Sometimes you need a human being that's trained and capable of helping the individual through that. And that's absolutely true because with just dealing like with the trauma, because um, everyone has trauma, everyone has skeletons inside their closet, but it's kind of difficult. And especially what you're saying, when we come from where we come from, it's like, how can I trust you? Because certain people is is taught to and raised not to trust anybody or if it's not inside your circle and things in that nature. So we got to be able to grow, y'all. We got to be able to expand our mind. We got to be able to elevate. And the question I have for you, it's going to be a little long question, but the question I have for you is, when I was going through school and things in that nature, um, I got sent to like the special ed like classrooms and things in that nature. So they thought that I was special ed. And, and, and the reason why I said that and just leaning into the question is because I'm, I was curious once upon a time was why do you think like the counselors and the teachers and like you said, and in, in that industry and being teachers, if I'm not, if, please don't quote me, but I think it was like 92 or 96% of the teachers that was, it was like, why do they try to push us off to like saying that that kid may be ADHD or he may have just a slower pace of time of just learning that school curriculum. So like, like why do you think that is now and it, and it happened then as well too? You know, I think that there, the, unfortunately, a lot of our schools are not trauma-informed because trauma and trauma symptoms and the way that people behave as a result of trauma, especially kids, because they don't have the words to explain what's going on and what's affecting them. They don't have that vocabulary. So they their behavior is how they let it out. Mm. And unfortunately, a lot of the school systems are not trauma-informed and they don't know what to do with that. So they see a kid that's hyperactive They see a kid that has trouble paying attention, a kid that falls asleep a lot, and they automatically put them in this little box of their special ed. They need to go to special ed class. 
they don't stop and think what's going on at home that prevents them from going to sleep to get enough sleep what's going on at home that potentially could be creating this sense of anxiety in these kids that to the point where they're having to get up and move around a lot they don't understand they don't stop and think is it just adhd or could it be trauma they just see this behavior and they're like oh yeah that they're being disruptive they're being annoying let's write them up let's punish this child for their behavior instead of trying to understand where it might be coming from and help solve the root cause of it because yeah, it's kind of funny because they say that you cannot diagnose a child or a person with adhd but they consist and keep continually to push basically cocaine upon our people and Ritalin and things of that nature upon our people so they could keep continually to dumb us down so we could be able to hate each other. And I just remember what you said in the beginning of the conversation and stuff, like with the killings and just the certain things that certain people may have to deal with. And all that is all trauma. All of it is a story. All of it is history. And it's like, this is what we're dealing with. And where's the pivot points where we could be able to pause life and what are some like research tips or what, what are some sites that people that's listening to us right now could be able to go search in Google right now as we speak? So what I recommend people do when it comes to like their own trauma, because everyone has trauma, like you said, Orlando, every single person has trauma, whether it be like quote unquote smaller traumatic events or bigger ones. It's still trauma. Trauma's trauma and it still affects you. So I think that the most powerful tool that's out there, aside from therapy, of course, is understanding what effects these um, different traumatic experiences have on a human being long term. Um, so there's something called the ACE study, which is the Adverse Childhood Experiences, and it is something that is available it's like a quiz thing where you can take a quiz to see what your ace score is and it just asks you questions about like what kind of experiences you've had so things like did you grow up poor did you have a parent that was in jail or in prison did you um have to worry about where your next meal was going to come from did you grow up with a um insecurity as far as safety like in a dangerous neighborhood or whatever that is all of these questions are to assess the level of like trauma and like the different experiences that we've had growing up that have formed who we are now so that's one of them i think it's just really powerful to see it on like on the screen or on paper and see actually what the heck is going on with you um and then of course therapy we have lots of resources in fort wayne now that are coming up we have courageous healing which is an amazing um black owned and black led therapy um, organization so they uh do offer therapy i have one of my classmates that's actually a therapist there um, oh. And of course, we have the, the place where I'm at that's called Bienestar Sin Fronteras. Uh, we're offering free counseling for Latinos who are underinsured or uninsured. So there's resources that are coming out, thank goodness, now, because like uh, SSJ said earlier, 
there's a shift in our generation to where we're actually wanting to stop the cycle. So those are some of the resources that I recommend. Just looking into things like that to help yourself because you can also help yourself if you don't feel like you need to be in a therapy room necessarily. Mm, that is so beautiful. And I thank you for the sites and things that you uh, brought to the table for the audience and for the people that's listening out there right now. And I hope they heard you clearly because I know I definitely heard you clearly. And just to talk about the ther- therapy um, session. So as far as going to therapy, like how long do people uh, recommend people going to therapy? As long as they need to. So the thing with therapy is that you have to want to change and you have to be motivated to actually take the steps to create your own change. And change can be in whatever way. So I have a lot of clients, unfortunately, that have PTSD from really, really traumatic events that have happened in their life. Um, So some of them are more motivated than others, but all of them are messed up. (laughs) All of them have a lot of really severe symptoms that they're struggling with that they just can't seem to get under control, but they're trying in their own way. So it really depends on how much effort you're willing to put in And if you're not willing to really do much and you just want to sit there and waste the hour or however long your session is, that's on you. Okay. And I also have another question for you as well, too, because it just basically popped to my mind. So I just want to see, do you know a little bit about it or are you um, are you familiar with it? Hey, have you ever heard um, of Lion's Mane before? No. Lion's Mane Mushrooms? No. Okay, so I just want to just give just a little breakdown upon what the lion mane does for the body. Um, the lion mane is so powerful that it reduces mild symptoms of anxiety and depression with inside your body. It helps the nerve damage that's uh, through your uh, system. It also has strong um, anti-inflammatory, um, anti-dietant, if I said that properly right, and immune boosting. Um, abilities and been shown to lo- lower the risk of heart disease as well too and cancer and things of that nature so hopefully um like that brought something to the table because that was just oh that was just on my mind i just wanted to share that um with people yeah cbd is also something that some of my clients use too cbd oil um i have a couple of clients with panic disorder and anxiety and they take CBD to help control some of their anxiety symptoms because they have really extreme symptoms uh, to where they feel like they're going to jump out of their skin or they feel like they need to like run and take off because that's oh. how high of a level of anxiety they have. So CBD has been proven to help them too. Um, and then of course we have like meditation and mouth- mindfulness, which I know some people are like, oh, that's some white people shit. But... <laughs> But you know what, though? You know what? As a person that has seen it work with Latino clients and with Black clients, mm-hmm. they might be onto something. These white people might be onto something. They're over here Christopher columbus stuff. But you know what? <laughs> they might be onto something because, you know, sometimes you do have to kind of pay attention to yourself, pay attention to your body, and give yourself that space to feel because you have to feel it to heal it. And if you keep avoiding it, you keep bottling it up, it's going to keep bubbling up over and over and over again in different ways. So, you know, mindfulness and meditation, it doesn't have to be something weird where you sit cross-legged on the floor and go ohm all the time. You can just have a moment of silence, like five minutes of silence 
five minutes of just focusing on your body and what you feel and how you feel labeling your own emotions because we're so used to go 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 all the time mm. we have to think how do i feel about this today am i feeling it do i feel happy do i feel sad do i feel annoyed am i super irritated we don't stop and think about it we're just like eh, who cares go i don't have time for emotions go but if we don't make time for our own emotions they keep piling up and you absolutely right and that's where it comes at with self-love and i just want the viewers to hear me out very clearly because with meditation as christina said you got to be able to make baby steps just make just make baby steps like start with a minute start working your way up to five minutes and just sitting still and just having a peace of mind like clear like relax your whole body relax your mind like to be able to have that clearly clarity going through and just just sitting there and just meditating and over a course or a duration of time you will see that certain things especially meditation actually does work and just because you said meditation i want to bring up um as well too is that you have videos on youtube as well as far as long as far as like you going to sleep and you could be able to listen to and it could be from spirituality if you want to enhance and be more wealthy or whatever the case may be that you're dealing with or that you want to be able to be great in and they have things out there and it actually does work like you would be amazed and shocked like you just sleep and you wake up like i got a i got a great idea like oh man i got more energy like you would be so like shocked but i just wanted to share that with y'all because we have a lot of resources that's out here that you could be able to tap into y'all and that's all we that's we're providing to y'all at legacy kings and just giving y'all mad volume and mad game to the point where y'all could be able to elevate y'all life and that's what it's about elevation yeah emotionally regulating yourself is so important to be able to get out of your own way and be able to level up like you said orlando so i think it's so important to learn these skills so that we have good coping skills instead of having negative ones. I can't tell you how many times I've seen clients that have these uh, coping skills that are not the greatest. Like they drink themselves to the point of like blackout um, mm -hmm. all the time. Or they smoke pot a lot, which it's not bad to smoke weed. But it gets to a point where it, they need it to function. It's no longer like them using it as a release. They it's need a thing. I need this to function, otherwise I can't function. So there's a difference. Um, but yeah, these negative coping skills that sometimes people use, that we need to learn new new and better ones. We need to add to our toolbox. Absolutely. And with you saying that we need to add more to the toolbox, we got to understand that money is a tool. So if money is a tool, we need to take that tool to be able to park that into a different vehicle so that could be able to keep continue to grow for us and beat the inflation rate at 5.9 percent what happened this year so if it's at 5.9 percent or 4.9 percent don't quote me as one of the two but if it's there we got to be able to come up with different ways to be smarter to be more strategic and to be able to think outside the box but not only think outside the box but think for us for a chance like 
stop allowing other people that's around us to think for us and saying, okay, well, that's good for you. And we just go over here, try this. Okay, that was good for us. And not even knowing the whole entire time, we just harming our body. So we need to stop harming our body and to be able to come into our come into one, start meditating and start saying affirmations, y'all. Y'all have to start saying affirmations. And that's another beautiful thing when you start to develop yourself, when you start to examine yourself, when you take your part to get a diagnosis test done to it, we need to do the same exact with our bodies and getting that diagnosis test. So I got a couple affirmations that I want to say, but I want y'all to say it with me. So we just going to uh, dive into it. I am confident in my future. I am capable of adjusting to new situations. I am great. I am amazing. And them the affirmations that for you and you keep repeating that and you keep saying that in the mirror you keep saying that to yourself you will your self-esteem will keep continuing to build and it's more about just money over here it's more it's more more than just a movement over here this is more than just a lifestyle like we're we're bringing we're bring, bringing to you something so phenomenal that we could keep continuing to grow and that's what it's about, y'all, is just keep continuing to grow and growing your mind and making sure you have that mental clarity and, and knowing the, uh, and about mental health, y'all. And it's okay to go um get checked, go get checked out and everything like that because it was point in times in my life where I felt like I wanted to go in and like talk to somebody and things of that nature. And I didn't know where to go or anything like that. So that was like some of the downfalls that's come from the inner city and things of that nature. But guess what? I'm here today, y'all. Like, I'm not special, but I am special underneath God's eyes. He's, I am anointed. Like, he have a plan for us. He have a plan for me. So never feel bad about your soul because the next person don't even feel that great about their soul. So I just wanted, I just wanted to feed that to y'all, man. Just just let y'all know that y'all not lonely out there y'all have plenty of other people that's out here that look just like you that walk just like you we have seven billion people in the society y'all come on okay christina i had another question so i want to go back to therapy for a little bit mm -hmm. because i've heard this before as well and even you know me included you, you know, sometimes think about going to therapy to talk about certain things, but it's like, you know, you're really not sure if that's confidential because there's certain things that you might have done to somebody that could potentially, you know what I mean, get you criminal situations or it could be other, you know, somebody else might have, you know, a criminal situation happen, you know, to them as far as like domestic abuse or, you know, somebody done something that, you know, they got away with, but they feel like they want to talk about it. But, you know, they, they're too scared to talk about it because they might get charged with a crime or, you know, the therapist or psychologist or whatever. They might, you know, you know, turn it into the police, you know, or, you know, just anything like that. I know that crosses a lot of people's minds as well. So uh, is there like any you know confidentiality agreement along with, you know, going to get a counseling session or like what's the deal around that? very good question because you know what that comes up so much with my clients a lot of them are like hesitant when they first come to me they're scared they're like how much can i tell this lady how much 
of myself can I share with this other person because they don't want to get bit, you know, they don't want to come back on them. So as a standard practice with therapy, there is confidentiality between what is said between the client and the therapist. I'm not going to leave the therapy room and go tell, you know, the secretary about your business and be like, oh, guess what? Guess what they just said in session? Oh my God. No, that's none of their business. So that's, that's confidential information that has to be respected. Now, when it comes to suicide, which is a big issue that people worry about, like if I'm suicidal and I, I want to hurt myself, are they going to lock my ass up in a PBH or Park Center? Not necessarily. So, and I'm going to go issue by issue. So I'm sorry if it's long winded, but with suicide and suicidality and uh, wanting to hurt yourself or hurt, hurt others, um, we have to see an immediate danger. If we feel like you cannot keep yourself safe or somebody else can keep you safe or you are a danger, a direct threat to somebody else in that moment and you need to be kept away from them and there's no other option, then as a last resort, we will um, put you on a 72-hour hold as therapists because we do have a duty to you and your safety. We want you to be okay. We want you to have the support that you need. But we also recognize that we can't be around you 24-7, 365, preventing you from doing something to yourself or someone else. So with suicidality, that's that's in an extreme situation where we feel like you are a direct threat to yourself or others in that moment. And there are no other options that we can put in place to prevent you from hurting yourself or another person. Now with domestic violence, uh, I have had clients, I have a lot of clients actually right now that have gone through domestic violence and just never talked about it because they were afraid. They're afraid of what kind of things the therapist would say, if they will be blamed for what happened to them, if they would be pressured into uh, doing charges that they didn't really want to go through because it had been a while or whatever the case. That's confidential information. And I'm, I'm nobody to tell somebody you need to press charges, you need to do this, you need to do that. That's not the point of therapy. The point of therapy is to encourage the individual to empower them, to help them feel like I have a choice in the direction that my life takes and I'm not just a helpless victim anymore. So um, that's with domestic violence. Now there are options like the YWCA that is available as a resource in our community and they do serve six different counties in Northeast Indiana. It's not just Fort Wayne, it's not just Allen County. They help uh, people in Allen, Wells, Whitley, Huntington, DeKalb, and Noble. So that's a lot of counties that we're in. Uh, I do work for the YWCA. This is why I'm inserting that resource too. And they do offer counseling for thera- uh, with therapists that are trained to help uh, individuals that have dealt with domestic violence and sexual assault, even if it happened 10 years ago and they just never got around to helping themselves with it. Or if it happened yesterday, we're still able to connect them to that resource and it is free counseling for people that have been victimized or have survived those types of things. Now, for people that have done something bad, that maybe they have um, hurt someone else or they have done something to someone, they deserve to have a therapist that is helpful to them too. Now, if you tell us of something that you did recently, we are mandated reporters. Like if you tell us I abused my child 
in Indiana, anyone over the age of 18 has to med- report to DCS. So we will tell you. Like, I know personally we are trained to engage in a conversation with that person and say, okay, you shared this in session today. I want you to know that I'm here to support you. That just because you said something doesn't mean that that makes you a bad person. Um, and that, you know, whatever. We validate that. But we also have to tell you, because you shared this, I have to report to this, uh, like, entity. We have to tell DCS. Or I have to call the police. Or whatever it is. But there is a conversation that happens. I'm not just going to be like, oh, I'm not going to be fake to your face. And be like, oh, yeah, that's fine and great and dandy. And then, like, all of a sudden, you, you get your door kicked down and you're arrested. No. There's usually a conversation that happens beforehand. Because with most counselors most being the key word because we got some trash counselors in Fort Wayne unfortunately most counselors will have this conversation with you and will take you into account they'll ask you how do you feel about this where are you at with this what do you want to do with it um how do you want to go about it if I have to mandate report to DCS do you want to be in the room as I make the phone call if I have to call the police do you want to sit here and wait with me while the officers respond to the call. Things like that to show that that person, even though they have to, by duty, do something, that they're still with you and they're still supporting you through the process. Man, you you got me so quiet over here. I'm so I'm so in tune with what you're dropping down, and I hope that everybody that's out there picking it up and running to the end zone with it is about to score a touchdown because you just dropped so much bars right there. I couldn't even say bar. I couldn't say anything. I'm just listening and just being a sponge and just basically just soaking everything all in from everything that you're um, providing to us today. So I just want to thank you for your time and for your energy just to even come on to the platform of Legacy King. So thanks you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and before we get out of here, I had a couple more questions, too. So uh, what's some adversity that you had to come over, you know, that you had to overcome in the field that you're in? Because, like you said, you're, you know, one of the few minority women that you know are in that field so i'm sure it's just not just a walk in the park as far as you know getting a degree in that field so like what's some adversity that you've had to do and overcome you know i'm glad you asked because it is not a walk in the park and i think that a lot of my minority uh classmates my the other five ladies that are in the program with me that are african-american i feel like all all six of us have a, a lot in common with each other being um, a minority student in a master's program is wild. <laughs> mm. Like, I never thought I would even make it this far. I'm like, who the hell am I? <laughs> and, you know, like, who let me in? <laughs> hey, kick that dough down. Hey, I feel that energy. Hey, kick that dough down. Come on, let's take it. Let's get it. You hear me? <laughs> right. So one of the biggest challenges for me in the in this program and becoming a therapist has been addressing some of my own issues, some of my own trauma, some of my own um, things that I've always wanted to grow on and change, but I just never got around to it because I avoided it because I was like, nah, I don't have time for that. 
well, God was like, you're going to learn today because you need to work on it. And to be a good therapist, I feel like you have to work on your own stuff. You really do. You have to grow as a person. Otherwise, how are you supposed to help another individual? That was a really big one. Another one that, like, is just, it's still a hurdle that I have to constantly jump over is the fact that I talk a certain way. The majority of my classmates are white. And they talk, quote unquote, white, whatever the hell that means, right? Mm-hmm. They don't curse. I curse a lot. I'm trying to control myself on this podcast because I don't want to make people be like, wow, she's so... Oh, no, you good. good. You come here, you be you. Hey, we give them to them straight, raw, and uncut. We we just bringing it to the people. So you ain't okay. You are fine. <laughs> Thank you. But I've noticed that every time I open my mouth, like in my classes, I get these looks from my classmates. And they'll laugh or they're like, oh my God, Christina so authentic. And I feel like that's low-key microaggressive. Like they're saying that I'm like ghetto or something or like hood. <laughs> and they think that it's so funny and comical that I talk the way that I talk. But I have always spoken this way since I was a kid. This is the way I've spoken. Like teachers would tell me, ain't it's not a word. And I'd be like, what do you mean it's not a word? And then when it got into the dictionary, I was like, see, look, it's a word. <laughs> <laughs> So the way that I talk, I feel like it's hard for me sometimes because I said what I said and I said it the way I said it because that's what I meant, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that sometimes takes away from my credibility, uh, especially among my, my white peers. I feel like they just look at me like, oh, you know, Christina, she, that's why she's going to help other minorities because, you know, she's so damn ghetto. <laughs> So that makes me mad. And that's something that I feel like I constantly have to overcome, even with my professors, not all of them, but some of them, I notice that they're like so fascinated with the way that I talk and the way that I do things. Um, Mm -hmm. And they always make comments that are like microaggressive about how, you know, so authentic that I am and how like the way that I am in the therapy room with a client because I've been observed by my professors and things like that. They've actually watched me do, do therapy. Yes. And I keep getting these comments of like, oh, you're so you're so um, down to earth and they can connect with you and all of these, these things. And you just use their language with them. And I'm like, what do you mean their language? Who's, who's they? <laughs> so that's, a, that's one of the biggest hurdles that I, I'm still struggling with. Um, I have the the honor of being in an organization that is with a bunch of other Latino uh, therapists, so I worry about that less right now, but in school, I feel like that's been the biggest hurdle of constantly having to, like, water myself down and use words like code switch to fit this idea of what professionalism is and what... I'm supposed to talk like or be like in the classroom setting. See, and that goes into the institutions and how the elites broke it down to the point where who could be able to go get their PhD, who could go get their master's, who can just go get a diploma. We're going to separate the ones that's formally educated to the ones that's not so formally educated. So the ones that's not formally educated, they're going to go work at warehouses and 
restaurants where they could come home and smell like straight fast food all day and night. And then for the ones that's more educated, they're going to be behind the um, the desk or office or just helping people out. But no matter where you come from through this walk of life, we're all the same. No one is perfect at all. So for the ones that's been just mental um, out there, they got to they you, you got to look like. You're, you're being so powerful and just imagine what you're showing, not only towards them, but for the people that's around you and then coming on to Legacy Kings podcast today and and, uh, and sharing your story, visuals that's out here, that's impactful, that's, in, that's empowerment. Like, I will give you your flowers while you're here right now. They don't have to understand you at all. We don't have to adapt to our surroundings. Our surroundings have to adapt to us. So when I come into a room, I want to be able to control the room, to be able to control the room. I want to be me. I'm not trying to be nobody else that's out there that I have to unquote unquote water myself down to be able to fit. And I understand um, like your situation and things in that nature. But I just wanted to, you know what I'm saying, just to share that with you and share that with the audience as well, too, because you're there for a real reason. You're, you you just ain't roll out the bed and be like, oh, yeah, like, no, this ain't that now. Like, it goes way deeper than that. So they just panicking right now, I would say, in a polite way, just panicking, like, because they see how powerful that you are. And I just want to give you your flowers while you're here right now. Thank you, Orlando. Thank you. You know, it's a struggle, but we got to do it. As minorities, we have to start infiltrating the spaces that were off limits for so long. Because we deserve to be in those spaces, too. We deserve to represent. We deserve to, you know, progress our lives. Be whatever the hell we want to be. Instead of boxing ourselves into these boxes where we feel like we are limited and like we can't overcome anything no we can if we want to we can um we can create our own opportunities we don't need somebody to give us the opportunity we can create our own own opportunities and um you know what you said about not watering myself down that reminds me of this this really powerful post that i saw about being unapologetically black and i i read that post it was really long i wish i remembered every single thing that he said But this gentleman was talking about how he worked in corporate America and he was one of the few black men in his organization. Right. And he felt like he had to dress a certain way, talk a certain way, behave a certain way in the office. Um, But it got to a point where he felt like he was just not being who he was. He wasn't being authentic to himself. He Mm. wasn't being an authentic example to other black people in the office that would come in. And he would watch the revolving door of black people because they would come in, they would work a little bit, they would feel like they didn't belong and they would leave. But Mm. he was trying to be this chameleon, trying to fit in that he forgot. He lost touch of who he was. So he was like, man, fuck this. I'm going to be unapologetically myself. So he started dressing the way he likes to dress professionally, of course. But he Mm. dressed the way that he thought that he felt the most comfortable. He started talking the way that he talks regularly. He started just being unapologetically black. And when I read that, I was like, I need to start being unapologetically Mexican. <laughs> and like, fuck everybody. <laughs> like, yeah. so I started being annoying as hell at school. 
every time we had a project or a paper, we had to do something that involved us working with clients or talking about something like specific populations we wanted to work with. My ass mm. would bring up Mexicans, <laughs> the Latino community, the Hispanic community. I would harp on it. I would look for things and find a way to talk about it. And I'd be in their face about it because we would have to present our papers or present whatever the heck we were working on our projects. And to this day, I'm still that person that's like, Latinos, 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 we matter, we matter. Because I'm the only Latina. If I don't say anything, nobody else will. So, yeah, I, I feel like slowly but surely I'm learning how to be more unapologetically Hispanic and loud about it and proud about it without watering it down. And that's beautiful because, like, somewhere down the line, we lose that self-respect that we have for ourselves, and we pit that self-respect that we supposed to have for ourselves more into others and thinking that, like you said, let me dress a certain way. Hey, let me proper my voice up a certain way so I could get more likes and people could like me more. Like, no, like, be you. You don't have to be nobody else. If they like it, great. If they don't like it, hey, that's fine too because I'm still going to continue to be me and even if they say it to you or not, they're going to respect you. They ain't got to say it, but they're going to respect it because they know that you came in there being you and you wasn't nobody else. Every Ever since I was born in 92, ever since, yeah, ever since, ever since I was born in 92, I've been me. I'm not changing. I'm not switching up, but I will educate myself. I will have that prosperity, that abundance mindset, that shift, that paradigm shift. But I'm not going to allow someone to devalue myself and, and my credibility and what I bring to the table. Because if you have that self-love, if you have that self-confidence within inside yourself, and you have prayer, and you have God on your side, please, hey, you can miss me with anything that someone or somebody is trying to say or try to break down to you so you could be able to act a different way because that's not you you wasn't created that way we was all created differently mm -hmm. okay and before we go ahead and close out uh you know how could the people get in contact with you you know for your services or you know your help moving forward you know say we have some people who's listening who you know, they want to get help and they want to move forward. How can they, you know, reach you or somebody else on your team? So um, I am at Bienestar Sin Fronteras. We are located in the Rudisil Plaza building, 201 East Rudisil Boulevard in the basement. It's in the Allen County Connect office. Um, so if you are Latino, it doesn't matter if you're Afro-Latino, which means that you're, you're racially black, but ethnic, eth ethnically you're Hispanic. You go qualify for our services and you get free services. Um, the phone number, I can give it to you. That's for the Bienestar offices. Um, and there's paperwork involved and things like that. There's a process. But uh, the phone number is 260-745-6734. And that's for Bienestar Sin Fronteras. Now, when it comes to uh, therapy in general, like in English, because the Inestad is for Latinos, we do have bilingual services that we offer, um, that I offer as well. If there's anyone else that needs therapy that might need um, it in English and are not Hispanic, 
there's courageous healing that I highly recommend in Fort Wayne. There is headwaters counseling, which is pretty, pretty good. Um, one thing that I, I really want to caution people against is going to the bigger, more well-known uh, organizations like the Bowen Center and Park Center, not to, you know, rain on them and make them sound like they're bad. But uh, I've had a lot of clients and a lot of people in my life that have said that the therapy that they've received has been less than empowering. So I just caution you all against that. You guys are all adults, hopefully. And if you're not an adult, your parents are adults. <laughs> um, so I just encourage you all to weigh the pros and cons of engaging with those uh, organizations. But that's the way how to contact me. Um, and then, of course, I gave you two other organizations that you could go to as well. And if you don't have insurance and you still need counseling in English, uh, the Purdue Fort Wayne Counseling Center has free counseling for the community. A lot of people don't know about that. Uh, graduate students are the ones that are doing the therapy. That's how I started taking clients. I started taking clients there. But it's free therapy and it's under supervision. So it's not like these little students are going to mess you up. They're under supervision. Um, so they are competent enough to help. Um, so that's another option that's in the Fort Wayne community. And tap into those resources. Yeah, everyone deserves to have the stability that they want to have. Because everyone has a different idea of what stability is and what mental health is. Okay. Uh, also... You know, if say we have some listeners who aren't from, you know, Indiana or aren't in Fort Wayne, are there any online services that you're aware of? Better Help is supposed to be a, a decent one. Um, that is also available. There's a lot of suicide resources. Um, yeah, Better Help is the only one that I feel like I'm confident in recommending. The other ones, I'm not really sure. There's a bunch of other ones that people talk about. Uh, but Better Help is a, is a good one for those that are not in the Fort Wayne or uh, Indiana area. Okay, well, I appreciate that. Orlando, is there anything else you would like to say before we go ahead and close out? Uh, yes. Like I said, Christina, I just want to Thank you for coming on to the show, dropping heli gems on people. And also, you can follow me on Instagram at legacy underscore kings21. Okay. And uh, yeah, Christina, I would like to thank you as well for coming on to the podcast. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram and TikTok at the SSJ underscore. T-H-E dot S-S-J underscore. And we would like to thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Legacy Kings podcast. And this quote is going to be a quote of the week is going to be from Edward Snowden. The quote is people don't realize how hard it is to speak the truth to a world full of people that don't realize they're living a lot. And you can also visit the Legacy Kings website at www.legacykings.net and uh, you can you know go on there order some merch look at the finance parts and you can also listen to us on Spotify and Google Podcasts as well and again thank you for listening to the Legacy Kings Podcast <laughs>